Hey, welcome, welcome everyone. Hey, hey, all right. Of course, like I said, Facebook is still uh, blocking the live stream. So welcome to YouTube. We're streaming live on YouTube, the, the Radical Republicans Jazz Lounge live show. Tonight we're talking about uh, critical race theory. So we got some guests coming in tonight um, in about five minutes. Uh, they Hopefully they'll all be here. Some of them are campaigning on the road, you know, things of that nature. So, uh, so I'm, I'm going to press this. We're going to try to be manageable of their time and respectful of their time. You know how sometimes the show go over because we just flow. Um, so we're going to try to put this in in a box, in like an hour box. Um, first, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Miss LaVita Jones. Oh, please, please. LaVita, how you doing? I'm waiting on Madison. I don't know where Madison Jones, where Madison is. Now, Don, Don is uh, under the weather, so Don won't be in tonight. Yeah. Um, Get well, our, Don. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don's under the weather. But what we're going to do is... Um, and our and the surprise that I have for you, um, completing the the pride I call it, com completing the pride in the lion's den. Uh, had a, another engagement that that uh, that they forgot about, so we're gonna bring them on next week. Um, so I'm gonna um, bring in bring in a couple of guests that's in the back room already. Um, so um, I'm gonna bring in Delegate Glenn Davis. Delegate Davis, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I see you on the road. I know you're traveling, man, out there campaigning. Um, uh, delegate, I call him Delegate Davis because he's my delegate in 84th District of Virginia. And also, he is running for Lieutenant Governor um, for Virginia. And so uh, so he's with us tonight talking about critical race theory. We're going to bring in our next guest, Miss Winsome Sears. Hello. Winsome, Hi, everybody. Uh, Winsome is also running for lieutenant governor. Now, th this is not a a lieutenant governor um, forum tonight. This is a critical race theory forum, and and all of them want to come in and talk about critical race theory, um, uh, you know, a little bit because all of us, I think, uh, feel that it's a concern for Virginia, it's a concern for our kids K through twelve, and and you know, um, going up. So, and I'm gonna bring in. My uh, other co-host, Mr. Madison Downs. What's up, Madison? Hey, brother. How you doing today? Hey, Madison. All right, all hey, right. We got too. Delegate Davis in, Lieutenant right. Governor Candidate, and Lieutenant Governor Candidate Winsome Sears in today. And also, we got uh, Luis Cortez is in the house. Mr. Luis Cortez, he ran for school board of Virginia Beach. Okay, and, and we're just waiting on a few other people right now. But um, before we get started, though, um, I... I and I want, I want to put this out there real quick about, about critical race theory. We're just going to jump into it. And I want um, people to remember these like four words because this is a, a lot. A lot of this is, is programming. A lot of this is linguistic programming. Okay. When they use these hot words, you know, um, diversity, anti-racism, inclusion, equity, all of these words they use over and over and over again. It's called programming. It's called linguistic programming. These are trigger words. These are hot words to get people, people's emotions, you know, fired up and riled up. Um, and here's the difference. I want to say this: the the difference between equality and and, and equity. Okay, first of all, um, with equity. Equity is pretty much wanting the same outcome, okay? Equity is, is I think it's an impossible achievement because it's based on 
uh, like I said, equal outcome. And we're all different people. The kids in school are all different people. So to expect an equitable outcome, it has to be a controlled outcome. It has to be an outcome, like basically a Marxist outcome, a socialist outcome, a, com a communism outcome, something that's controlled where, you know, and it's artificial, whereas equality is that is is about opportunity quality having the same opportunity to you know have the same education to apply for the same programs and, and and things like that so i think there's a big disparity and a difference between equality and inequity and with this critical race theory program they use equity a lot um so i'm gonna i'm gonna just jump right into the panel and i'll start with the way we came in delegate davis what do you think about uh critical race theory i know you're a big um um not not supporter of it but 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 you don't like it you know um so tell tell everybody what you think about critical race theory and how you feel that it uh is negative and that it hurt virginia school children oh no definitely jerome i appreciate you hosting the show i think it's one of the biggest threats to the next generation coming up it's one of the biggest challenges i think we're facing inside of our school systems um we faced in the General Assembly this year. I was on the front lines on the Education Subcommittee that saw the cultural uh, cultural competency legislation come in. I called it indoctrination, which is what cultural race theory is as well. Um, you know, instead of having something where we, uh, you know, we, we bring people together, what we end up doing with cultural race theory is dividing people apart. Uh, you know, they had, I, I remember Morgan Freeman on 60 Minutes a long time ago. Uh, when Mike Wallace was interviewing him and they said, what should we do about racism? And Morgan Freeman said, we just need to stop talking about it. The concept that, you know, a young four-year-old who's white needs to feel guilty because of how they were born with the color of their skin and to have someone else believe that it's because of that white four-year-old child that they may not have the same opportunities in life. It's, you know, that's the kind of thought we have to get away from. Um, and it's inside of our school systems now. At many levels, so uh, we've we've got some big challenges ahead of us, and we've been fighting it in the general assembly. Right, I agree. And and the way that they're trying to get around it now, they're trying to actually rebrand it. They're trying to rebrand the critical race theory into culturally responsive practices. Okay, but it's still based on on racial biases, understanding racial bias. I'm gonna put some things up on the screen here in a little bit, um, but it's based on the same uh, principles and concepts as critical race theory, them trying to rebrand it to culturally responsive practices. What say you, Miss Sears? Well, uh, you know, it's very interesting that we really need to be teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic. Instead, we're te teaching reading, writing, and racism because, you know, I guess the kids don't have anything else to do. They've closed the schools. The kids are either a year behind or six months behind. Some of them almost never catch up because when I was vice president on the State Board of Education, we kept hearing about uh, the kids come to school, number one, uh, and, and they come even though maybe they've had Head Start, but it doesn't take, and so they're already a year behind. It takes about six months to catch up. When they do catch up, then they can get started on the regular curriculum. And then, you know, it's summertime again. Here we start the whole process all over again. So what we need to do is to focus on what's important. Listen to what I'm telling you. China is going to be eating our lunch pretty soon if they haven't already, because it is projected that China is going to be by 2030, the number one superpower in the world. 
do you think China is having these kind of problems? No, because you know what their kids are learning, for example, in a second grade, multiplication tables, they're memorizing them. But no, we're teaching our kids about critical race theory. And what does that say? It's not even the, the, the adults that are gonna be affected, it's the child in the classroom. So here we say to the child in the classroom, the white child, you know, you are racist, your family is racist, everybody is racist who looks like you. And then we say to the black kids and the Latino and Asian kids, that kid is racist. Everybody who looks like him is racist. We already know that going in. I mean, see, that's what they're saying. Going in, we know white folks are racist. So what does that do for the morale of the school? Yes, you can imagine. So it's going to create problems. I'm, I, I swear to you, I think the Democrats are trying to destroy us. But then again, they're really socialist, communist Democrats. That's what I think. Okay, absolutely. Mr. Cortez, what are you, and, and, and you see, I, want, I, I like this panel because they, the, the entire spectrum of what we're talking about is um, represented on this panel. We have Latino, we have black, we have white, we have uh, Miss Sears is actually uh, a, a immigrant to this country. She's from Jamaica, if I'm, if I'm mis not mistaken, right? You know, so, right. so, so and, and we have, and we have a, a, a Native American um, on, on our panel, Miss Levita Jones. American you know, Indian. American <laughs> Indian. Okay, American Indian. We know you know what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> so American Indian, and and, and and then me and Madison and and, and Glenn and like I said, we will have Don. Um, but but uh, go ahead, Mr. Lewis Cortez. Give us your opinion on it from your point of view, real quick. I mean, kids about racism themselves. Kids are not born racist. Uh, that's something that's taught. Um, when you're in preschool, you don't think about each other's color skin. You just want to play with the person, and you you hug them. You don't consider anything like that. And right now, what we're doing, we're indoctrinating these kids to to feel racism, you know, to learn, and that and that's just an uprising. We're gonna be so divided uh, when they grow up that anybody could conquer us, like like Mr. Um, Here's um, saying, uh, China, any any other country could actually take us over, and we're so divided by fighting each other because of race, and that's what it seems like we're, we're doing. Right, absolutely. And so um, in Madison, Madison is a teacher, and we talked about this before. They're, they're starting to come down with how um, showing math, showing your math, and, and we spoke about this, Madison, is now somehow um, racist and somehow a white supremacy type thing. Would you agree or disagree with that, Madison, and, and tell us your opinion on that? Well, math is black and white. You know, it's it's not quite like uh, the CRT, uh, critical race theory. Um, I kind of see this from a, a couple of different lenses. Uh, for one, uh, we do know that uh, systemic racism has been a problem in America. Anybody black could never, to include you, Winsom, anybody black who could never deny that that was a fact. Um, but we do, and Winston was right on a, a lot of things that she said, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's crippling our children the way in which they're teaching it. But there's a way that we can capture this in order to turn it around to make it so that we can become even stronger. Now, China doesn't have the dilemmas that we have in America. One, for example, China, you're primarily Chinese. You don't have a lot of different ethnic diversity in China. You know, uh, like in America, we have this here. 
So we have to contend with this problem. We have to con contend with the problem of uh, we have different ethnicities that are, are striving to all be successful in life. And uh, so that's what we're dealing with here in America. Um, the issue is that the Democrats are, are taking it too far to the left, way too far to the left. You know, uh, whether it's critical race theory, whether it's gun laws, whether it's uh, First Amendment, it, it does not matter. They're going too far. But I think that we're looking at it the wrong way. We're looking at it in a way that it's just we cannot become polarized on one way to defeat this problem. And I think that's what we're doing as Republicans. And that's the reason why the Democrats continue to flank us and, and defeat us. OK, uh, what do you have, uh, Levita? Well, Look, I'm going to be quick because I'd rather leave it to Madison since he's the, the teacher. He more so the, the expert in the matter. But I agree with everything everybody said. This is not like a, a soup bowl or, you know, a, a bowl of soup where we could just throw everything into a pot, stir it together and cook it up and serve it to everyone. and think everyone is going to be able to take it down easy with no um, effects. The fact that, you know, we take uniqueness away from children and their learning experiences um, is, is implanting in them to look for differences and, and it can cause um, confusion when things like bullying and that is already an issue, you know, just being young and growing up or trying to find your way, your group, some identity and just who you are. So with this um, being thrown on top of that and then teachers will be the headway for it. I just don't see how it's a it's a good thing. And anytime you uh, want children to focus on race, um, still racist again is it? It's a lot about what's in the eye of the beholder and they experience of what the so-called race of people are. So definitely, it would take more of a subjective type of um, presentation more than an objective. So um, I'm just against it totally. So yeah. Okay, so, um, so one thing I have uh, on that is it, you know, adults, we, we as adults can um, discern things, we can differentiate things, but when we're talking about kids, okay, because we're focusing on the K through 12 kids with this problem, okay, and, and I say K through 12, even, even the 11th and 12th graders can differentiate if their friends are racist or not, but this practice is coming into the schools that's going into our kids' minds in kindergarten. In kindergarten, if you put two kindergartners in the same room with toys, a black one and a white one or whatever, and a Hispanic, they will all play together. There is no racism. Like, like Mr. Cortez said, their kids are not born racist. We are being taught where well, we are taught racism. And for these teachings to be in school and to put the pressure on the teachers where they have to feel that they're in, implicitly biased, implicit mm -hmm. bias, that, that is nonsense. That's the feeling that, okay, well, you're racist from birth j just because you are, and we don't even have to explain that. Uh, Mr. Davis, what do you got to say about that part? You know, Jerome, I, I think you hit it on the head uh, 100%. You know, as adults, if we want to debate theory, I mean, that's what we do, right? I mean, you put a whole bunch of academics in a room, some people with world-world experience. We, we talk about theory. We've done it our whole lives, and we all understand it's discussion, right? And sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. You look for, you know, maybe solutions. But when you do it to that elementary school student, like you said, that's what indoctrinates them. That's all they know from the beginning. And, you know, you can't undo 10 years of education. So 
that's the scary thing is this is out of the academic world with a whole bunch of people with alphabet soup after their name. It's being instilled in the youth. And at that point, you, you've kind of indoctrinated them into a whole new society. You're kind of bringing up with a different way of thinking as opposed to just letting the adults discuss it out as if they want to do is, you know, obviously, you know, right way to do it. Right. And go ahead, Miss Sears. You was about you was gonna say something. Yeah. So, you know, China does have it doesn't have the ethnic groups like we can see black, white, et cetera, et cetera. But they do have what they call the Han versus the Uyghurs versus the this kind. So they're different uh tribes of Chinese and you know, China does uh Serious, you're not trying to compare the, I'm, the, the I'm, Chinese to America, speaking? right? Can I just finish speaking, please? So, I mean, that's just what it sounds like we're trying to do. I'm just, I'm just trying to, to say that there are no comparison. There are problems that China has, but they, but but they are moving on. However, they're moving on, and we've got to make sure that we can we can match whatever's going on in China because China has more honor students than we even have students, right? I'm not saying we don't have problems here. When my father came to this wonderful country, From Jamaica. problems, he came August 11th of 1963, and that was 17 days before Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech. I asked my father, why did you come when things were so bad for us? Because you came at the height of the civil rights movement. And he said, because this is where the jobs were. This is where the opportunities were. So no matter what was happening in America, he still wanted to come. He came with a dollar seventy-five, and now he's comfortably retired, took any job he could find, put himself through school. Now, here's what's happening, right? So we normally teach kids Black History Month, you know, uh, all about what Black people have done, et cetera, et cetera. Extend it. Bring it to the forefront. Do all that wonderful stuff. But the critical race theory that bothers me is that we immediately say all white people are racist. The kid is racist. Your whole family is racist, even though we don't know anything about what's going on in, 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 in the family. We don't know what's going on with the child. How do we know that they're racist? Just because they're white. That's what critical race theory says. And so it starts with the idea that if you're white, you're automatically racist. So we got to beat it out of you. Well, not only that, it, it, I mean, not only that, it also says that if you are of certain ethnicity, you are a victim. You know, exactly. it's, it, you know, it's the victim mentality. You know mm -hmm. that I hate, and I use my sons all the time. I mean, my sons all graduated from Virginia Beach Public Schools. Oh, oh, wait a minute, we got more. Hold on, I got some more people coming in. Uh, sorry, guys, I like sort of left out. Hey, Vicky Manning is here. David Gordon is here. And Yale Levine, you know what? My screen didn't capture you guys. I'm sorry, you guys have been here for a long time. So I'm gonna let them speak real quick. Let me introduce them real quick. David Gordon is like the catalyst of what's going on up in Loudoun County. Um, David is the director of the Virginia Project, okay? And he is going head on, you know, with this. So David, give us your opinion and and and, and what you're fighting up in uh, Loudoun County and in Virginia from your point of view on the critical race theory. Uh, well, we're fighting a bunch of uh, crazy and dangerous individuals. Um, these people made enemies lists of, of people who spoke up at a student board meeting and solicited harm against them. They're, they're out of their minds. So we're taking them to court. Absolutely. Here you go. And uh, 
Vicky Manny, um, she she made her day on Fox News. Vicky Manny, a school board member of Virginia Beach, and she was viciously attacked um, at our last school board meeting where we all spoke. Um, but uh, Vicky is, is 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 on the front lines of this in in Virginia Beach public schools. She takes a lot of criticism. Um, she's been called racist and all these. I know Vicky Manny personally. You know, and it's and and, and what's funny about this is that you know. I pretty much have been in the for forefront of, of going at these school board members, challenging Dr. Uh, Parrott and Dr. Spence to a debate, personal debate, but yet they want to attack Vicky. So Vicky, where are you standing um, right now? What's going on with you at the moment with this? Yeah, so I'm just really trying to tell the truth. Um, you know, I was attacked at the last school board meeting. They said that I was telling lies and presenting false information. So if you go to my website right now, manningvbsb.com, I have on there a button, it's a CRT fact checker. So I've got a place where I'm posting all the documents that I'm using to um, back me up, all the statements that I'm making. I have documents to support those on my website about things that are being taught in our schools, teacher training documents, teacher training videos, um, a video that many people may have seen that our teachers, at least over 50 of our teachers went through this training and it was mandatory. And in that training, teachers were told that they had to, they, they should admit that they are racist and that um, they should acknowledge that their appearance gives them privilege. And it just went on and on about this. You can't just be not racist. You have to be anti-racist which um, is a feeling, uh, which is a teaching by a very radical leftist named Ibram Kendi. Jerome, I know you're very familiar with him. And, and so that type of doctrine is being implemented in our schools. And, you know, I agree with Madison. Madison said, you know, systemic racism is a part of our history in this country. And we need to teach that. I completely support teaching that. But we can't be teaching kids that because they share my color of skin, that they are racist and that they have privilege. People look at me, they call me white. My grandmother was a Native American. My other grandmother was German. I inherited the German side of my family. I don't look like my grandmother who was Native American. And But they say I have privilege. Well, I, I can tell you a little bit about how I grew up and how my mom grew up and how my grandma grew up. And I can tell you it was not privileged. <laughs> and so that's really what I'm fighting back on. I was defamed at the last school board meeting, viciously attacked. And I do now have some great attorneys on my side. And uh, we are going to be fighting back. And that's what I encourage, as, as David Gordon said, we need to encourage our teachers to fight back. This stuff is against the law. What they are being taught in these trainings is against the law. And teachers and parents need to stand up and fight back. And I am here to help them. Absolutely. And a concerned parent, Miss Yale, she's in the house. She's also the uh, chapter president, I guess, uh, of, of the um, No Left Turn in Education chapter in Richmond, the, the Richmond metro area, Miss Yale, and, and and I'm saying your name right, right? It's Yael. Yael. Okay, yeah. go ahead and tell everybody about about what you do and, and who Passover. you are. And uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, she's Jewish. Uh, Madison. Uh, a lot of people that don't know, Madison is actually Jewish. Madison is, it was the first um, Hebrew priest in the United States Army. He, he's actually a legend. 
Um, but go ahead, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll start by saying I'm the Jew, Jewish woman here. <laughs> the, we're, 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 I tell you, we're represented. We're represented <laughs> yes. all across the spectrum. Um, I guess I got involved with uh, No Left Turn, which was founded by Dr. Ilana Yaron Fishbein, because I fear that our, my children and their children and future generations will not have the freedoms we had growing up if we do not put an end to this now, right now. We have to put an end to this. I have two sons. I am Jewish. They still have, we still, I still have three Holocaust survivor relatives that are still alive today. And I will not have my Jewish children be told that they are white supremacists. No child should be told that he or she is a white supremacist. Enough is enough. So I started the Metro area, Richmond area chapter that includes Richmond City, Henrico County, Hanover County, Chesterfield County, Powhatan, and uh, Goochland. And we're going to fight this with everything we have. Very good. Hey, I'm going to play a clip real quick. I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to play a clip, uh, a, a clip and see, um, and then get some comments on this, on this clip, okay? Hold on one second. Let me pop this up. Okay, hopefully you all can hear it. I think it's important that we understand that language that you consider to be divisive is language that we have to have a shared understanding around to become culturally competent. And so the language in isolation will appear to be divisive, but language around privilege and bias and prejudice, that's language that as educators, we have to get comfortable using within the context to become culturally competent educators. So I understand what you're saying that just throwing words out without context, without um, um, proper facilitation will appear to be divisive for some, but we have to get to a place in Virginia Beach where our teachers and our leaders and our school board and our viewing public understand that when we talk about privilege, it's not about putting down students or putting about putting down teachers. It's about acknowledging what it is, what is privilege, the rights that you have solely because of the color of your skin, solely because of your economic status. But we have to get to a place in Virginia Beach City Public Schools where we can have those conversations. My point is we can have the conversations without being divisive. There's certain ways that you can say things. And to me, you're 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 saying we're gonna do it this way, and you're really not listening to the folks who are saying it's very offensive, it's very I don't agree with it at all. And, and there's not a safe, I mean, I've had people to call me, they won't even email me because the teachers don't want it in writing. And they have said, Carolyn, I cannot speak out because of the color of my skin. I cannot say anything against this training. So, I mean, there's got to be a balance is all I'm saying. And, and I think that we can do that. I'm hopeful that we can do that. Um, it doesn't sound from your response that that we're going to take, take a look at, look at it. I think it's important that we understand that language that you consider to be divisive. Okay, so, so here's my question. Hold on, let me, let me, let me clear have this. a shared understanding around let me get out of that. I'm, I'm, so is, I don't know if you can hear me. I know my camera is like unplugged right now. But is is, is what Dr. Parent just said, uh, if you all heard that, right? Yes. Is, is what she said racist? Yes. 
everybody would um, mr davis what do you think it's it's what she said right I'm, I'm gonna go around the panel it's what she said racist and it's and it's what she described what they're doing isn't that critical race theory that she just described i mean it is i, I mean i think it's critical race theory under a different name i mean and and vicky spelled it out you know very eloquently uh when she was on fox news recently so i mean that's exactly what this is um, it is extremely divisive. And as we talked about before, you know, as adults, if we want to talk about critical race theory in theory, we can do that. But the minute you take it into our schools, the minute you start teaching that young generation coming up that the color of their skin, you know, either has given you privilege or it has denied you opportunity. Now you've done significant harm to the next generation of students coming up. And, uh, and I think that's what we're sitting on. And and Carolyn in that video has it dead on right. I mean, we can have these discussions without being offensive, but it's interesting. Those of us on this panel and others, when we make comments that others find offensive, we have to be careful and shut down. But if those that support critical race theory make offensive comments, now we, you know, that that's okay. Absolutely. Mr. Gordon, where's, um, is, is this sort of what's going on in Loudoun County? This is what you're fighting in court right now, right? Oh, well, what we're fighting in court is some criminal behavior, but that seems to be spontaneously generated by this, uh, the, the whole atmosphere around this equity thing. It's like a, a, a self-righteousness victimization cult. And they get, uh, they get, they develop these little cults that uh, talk to mostly each other and they work themselves up to the point where they feel like they're, crusaders for justice and no boundaries apply to them and uh then we see these things like these enemies lists uh you know just uh, pressure tactics deceptions all, all sorts of criminal behavior and they cross the line legally in all sorts of places and that's where we need to stop them we need to just drop the legal hammer on them where they cross the line because they're not going to learn those boundaries on their own we need to teach those boundaries to them they sure didn't learn it while studying equity. Yeah, like I say, equity is different than equality. Uh, equity is just a, is an outcome, is an equal outcome, and the outcome cannot be equal. Well, equity had another people. name, and that other name is a, apartheid. That's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about the government treating people differently based on the color of their skin. This is uh, completely against the 14th Amendment, it contradicts every major religion. Uh, it, it's incompatible with America in so many ways that th this doesn't belong here. And uh, we, we can stop it with legal action because the Constitution is still in force. Yeah, yeah, I know there's legal action going on in Nevada. I think that's one of the big cases. I think that's one of the first that's going um, to court and, and that may be the precedent out there. And, and like I said, what's going on a lot of kind of, go ahead with some, so I'm looking at, uh, I can't even imagine being a teacher and having to do this, the, having to teach this kind of stuff because up here in Winchester, they've been teaching critical race theory for three years and nobody really knew it until a couple of days ago. Well, I'm sorry, a couple of weeks ago when there was a, a liberal a person in a town hall meeting and the supervisor was telling everybody what was being taught in schools and it to the point where uh, it was saying uh, white, let me, let me just read this to you because I can't even believe that this is what's happening in our schools. 
And what it was saying is that there are some groups of white people that are especially racist. Now, this is the curriculum now that they're working from. And they're especially in the Tea Party. Uh, listen to what it says. There is also the Tea Party version that makes its racist, that masks its racism under the guise of patriotism. And they self-righteously font the flag and, contrib and contribution under the banner of I want my country. And, and so I'm, you, then you've got white teacher guilt that follows that, which is also part of the curriculum. And so you have the white teacher saying, uh, and I'm quoting here, as white educators, we are collectively bound and unavoidably complicit in the arrangement of dominance that have systematically favored our racial group over others. And then here's one that says, this teacher realizes that she has contributed to the failure of my students of color by not being able to drop the mask of privilege that I wear. So, you know, we've got everybody uh, who's white teaching, I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm guilty. And I that's not saying that we don't have racial issues in our country. That's not saying that at all. I just don't think we're going about it the right way by forcing people to say you're white. That means you're guilty of uh, white privilege and racism and your kids too. And we're going to teach this to your kids. It's going to foment violence, folks. This is not the way to go. There is no love in that. Where is the love? Where is the love that we're trying to teach? There is a way to do it. This can't be the way. Right, right. And and what I foresee, and you all can agree or disagree if you like, but will what's happening and what's, what they're trying to teach us, will this cause more um, problems in school with the kids, let's say, of, of, of different ethnicities, kids that that may not have even thought, you know, that, well, I, I'm not doing well because that's my oppressor over there because that's what they're teaching. I'm oppressed and, and that's the oppressor. And so now I hate them because they're oppressing me because I don't get good grades, okay? And whatever the case is. So do you all agree that that's gonna cause more problems in school? Yes, um, I, think, yes. I think it's putting ideas in children's heads that were never there, whenever taught to them by their families and it's causing, it's going to cause children to hate one another because of the color of their skin or because of their ethnicity or because of their religion. And that's going to trickle to net generation after generation after generation. All the progress that this country has made. And yes, it's not perfect. There is still racism. But all the progress this country has made is getting getting shoved down the toilet. Right. Now, Madison, hey, Madison, I know Madison teaches in D.C. He teaches in a school in D.C. Um, predominantly in all all black school. I don't know if you can still hear me, Madison. I know you're off the screen right now. Um, but is, is this something, and, and you may be able to answer this, Mr. Gordon, too. Is this something that's happening in diverse schools, which are predominantly white, let's say, and not so much happening in predominantly black schools? Because I have a hard problem believing that you can teach a critical race theory to a school that's 90% black. It appears to be white leftist driven. Um, uh, they tend to be pretty wealthy. They're the ones funding all this. They're the ones driving it. Madison, what's your take on that? Because I know in the, the schools where you teach at, it can, it can this, is this taught or, or is this feasible to, to be taught in, in a school like inner city DC or Baltimore, let's say where you like, like a teach at? You're talking about CRT as a whole? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, 
TR, uh, TR, uh, CRT is destructive, uh, no matter how you, no matter which way you try to push it. Um, I think that there are certain elements to it that are true, and there are certain elements to it that are not true. I mean, like, uh, like for but, example, but what I would say is this: in DC, it's it's going to be. I think in DC, it's going to be a hundred percent go, just simply because it's DC, and DC is a liberal town. Um, I think that um, across the country, that's what we're going to have to deal with. The problem I see with dealing with CRT is this. Um, Republicans as a whole for the last, in Virginia, the last 10 years, I, I can't speak for a whole lot of other states. Uh, we, send, we tend to look at one general point uh, or specific issue and then want to attack that. And you can't do that. And that's the reason why the Democrats have been able to outflank us. So there are certain elements within CRT that are problematic, um, which makes CRT as a whole a problematic uh, philosophy to try to push on children. You know, for example, when you have children and you're trying to push them to uh, go against what their parents are teaching them. This and is that's, one of the, that's one of the things that- That's one of them. That's just, of it, right? Yes, that's just one of the issues. And so there are several other issues within CRT that are just like that, where you could pick those things apart and then go at them at those issues to basically dismantle CRT as a whole. But Republicans, for whatever the reason, won't look at it like that. It's like there's no strategy with the way that we attack things. And and because we go at one little issue, it, it you know, they end up beating us. And they've been doing this for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So um, I think uh, insofar as CRT is con concerned, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just a real issue. It's a problem. It's, it's wrong. It's, uh, it teaches our children that we are victims. It teaches that, uh, uh, you know, certain ethnic groups are oppressors. And, they, and, and, and to a certain extent, they have been. You know, there's a certain amount of history that will su substantiate their claims, but in the court of in the court of law, you have to be able to dispute certain claims, right? So that's what we have to do. And so when we go at these issues one by one, we have to be able to dispute these issues, issue by issue by issue, not CRT as a whole. And so that's the way we're looking at it right now. And if, as long as we continue to look at it as a whole, we're going to lose it. It's not a it's not a battle that we're going to win until we decide that we're going to dismantle CRT issue by issue by issue by issue. Right. And yeah. that will cause them. That will cause the Democrats to not only rename CRT, they're going to they're going to come back with another name. Well, they already came, you know, with the one they call it cultural responsive. Yeah, whatever. You know, they're going to come back with whatever they have to come back with. But the issue is that they won't be able to bring it to the table as long as we are able to dispute what they are bringing, you know, to the table with facts. Right. Hey, um, Mr. Davis, you're on the education committee with the state, right? I am. Okay. So, so has this been approved? Because I heard something about that, that this um, curriculum hasn't even really been approved by the um 
Department of Education, the VDOE, is that is that fact or, or can you fill us in a little more on that aspect? So, so to my knowledge, that is fact. Um, what I'm being told is that the Board of Ed, well, the city of Virginia Beach, I'll talk about the curriculum down there. Um, it's not, it's been said that there is no curriculum. Now, when you start to put together videos or slide decks, that to me sounds like curriculum. Um, however, that's been the case uh, that supposedly there's a curriculum that has been set up uh, to review. The Board of Ed has not approved such. Now, that don't get me wrong. This is Governor Northam. Uh, whatever gets sent up, I guarantee you gets approved. Uh, so I wouldn't, uh, you know, hang our hat on the fact that the Board of Ed would not approve whatever got sent up there. Um, and uh, and we have seen it come through the legislator, legislature. This year it started with cultural competency, which is going to require every two years anyone licensed by the Board of Education to go through a cultural competency uh, curriculum. And, uh, and of course, once it starts there, that finds its way into the classroom, which for CRT was uh, meant to be anyway uh, from its designers. I gotcha, gotcha. Um, so understand that, understand it. So, um, and if you notice, like, remember I told you guys to remember those four words, the diversity, the anti-racism, the inclusion, and the equity. Um, I'm going to show something real here. I'm going to share my screen again here in a second. Um, I was talking to Luis Cortez. I'm not going to show that one anymore. Um, hold on. It is, it's, it's, it's some things in this teaching that they have. Uh, this is it's called Equity, Five Strategies um, for Equity Virginia. Um, and you see that. And one of the big things in here is that it's, uh, it says number five, it says provide implicit bias training and implement protocols to mitigate bias and in discipline decisions. So discipline, you know, I, I worked in a school, okay? And the discipline it is one of those things where if a kid is just do, is doing bad, I put like this, I don't know any teachers personally that disciplines a kid for not doing anything. You know, like like my dad used to tell me, if you go in the classroom and you be quiet and you do what you're supposed to do, you'll never get in trouble, right? So in, in, in the school where I worked at, it was 65%, let's say, uh, white, okay? And, but 90% of the discipline problems were black and they were valid because I used to have to go and get them. I worked security. You know, I had some of these kids, you know, tell me some things that, I've never had a, a kid of a different color than, than myself say, say to me. So is it a discipline thing? And I'm going to run this through, through, um, through where's Luisa? Oh, he's, he's not back yet. Through um, Madison first, because he works in a school and he deals with discipline problems with kids because he does a special ed kids, right, Madison? Um, um, all right, so real quick. So is this a, a school and a teacher problem or is this a household problem? Insofar as discipline is concerned, yeah. Oh, I think it's shared, man. I, well, I think well, that, unequal discipline, I guess I should say, because one of the things with the with the CRT and stuff is that kids, um, uh, black kids, are being disciplined more than white. Oh, kids. right, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's a fact. That's that's happened. Uh, I've worked in. Uh, I work. I started out teaching back in 2099, and that was in Chesapeake, Virginia. 
Um, and I've been on and off between the military and teaching, you know, the reservists and teaching, uh, between Fairfax and DC ever since. And it has been an issue insofar as discipline, more discipline being handed out uh, toward African-American children than white children. Uh, that's a fact. It, I mean, I don't think that there are any statistics that will go against that. Um, it's overwhelmingly boys, right? I'm sorry? The discipline problems are mostly boys? Yeah, it's been boys. And, and I think that the issue is, I mean, the, the bottom line, it, it, we are all conservatives here. So I think that the issue is the fact that, you know, it's a systemic problem that goes back to the problem that we don't have fathers in the home, you know. And, uh, you know, I don't think that there's any way that you can get around that issue. We need more fathers in the home. Fathers bring about structure we bring about discipline and uh, we're not saying that we're the end-all be-all to whatever the family is uh, but we're saying that we are a uh, major component of what family structure is and discipline is and not only that uh, miss jones will will tell you that there are certain chemical balances that go along with the testogen versus estrogen uh, balances within the home, whether it be uh, uh, indirectly or uh, directly. So, uh, you know, and, and that, that, that actually uh, transfers into how children react when they're in school, dealing with people out in the, in the, uh, and the city or whatever the case, you know? So it's a real problem. And, um, and, and that's something that we don't touch on in, the, in this right. theory, right? Because I read through like this navigation thing, it's 52 pages, and I never see them touch on anything that, that mentions fatherless homes at all. Well, that's Not, a major issue. That's, and that's, an that's issue. a major, that's I, like I will tell you, I can tell you in, I work in Southeast DC, you know, Southeast DC can arguably be one of the worst places that you can live in the country insofar as gang violence or, you know, if you want to replace gang violence with any type of violence, you gun violence, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I will tell you that my very best student is a student that I have that is uh, in a single parent home. But guess what? He's a male student with a father. And this is just a fact. He is more respectful. Um, he uh, is on time. He is uh, always uh, completing his work. He's a male student. You know, it, it, it just, it, the, the facts bear out these truths. But what we're dealing with in, in our society right now is a cancel culture that wants to cancel anything that has to do with anything that has to do with masculinity. And anything that has to do with masculinity has to do with, in the cancel culture, what is known as toxic masculinity, even though it's not toxic. So, I mean, it's a real issue that we have to tackle. And the only way that we can tackle it is that we have to really, even when we're dealing with CRT or any other issue, we have to dissect what the issues that the Democrats are putting toward us. We have to dissect those things bit by bit by bit in order to win in court. 
It doesn't matter if we don't win in court. So we can talk about the, the grandiose ideas of what CRT is doing, how it's uh, influencing our children, you know, but if we don't dissect it bit by bit, we're not going to get anywhere. Okay, let me ask, we have, I'm sorry, ask we have the dissection. Okay, we have the dissection you're looking for. Go to virginiaproject.com. Our, our program on un-American activities, which is kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's right there, the presentation, a webinar. We go deep dive on this, and you wouldn't believe the, the ugly details. So we, we have it. We have the evidence. This uh, you know what? I will. I will definitely. I didn't know anything about that, but I will look into it. But what I will say to you is, if it was as detailed as what you're telling me right now, then there's no way that the Virginia Assembly or the governor would have pushed forward, given the fact that a lot of CRT is being pushed by black people. So the issue is this. All right. So the issue is this. So, so what we're dealing with is we have a lot of uh, black people who are pushing back on systemic racism that has happened for centuries past, right? So now uh, we have to deal with, we, we, have to, we have to accept the fact that systemic racism has been real up to now. Nobody can deny that. Okay, we're not denying that. So we gotta say as conservatives, we're not gonna deny that that, that has happened, but that's not us. You know, we understand that rhinos have infiltrated our, our, our party and, the, you know, whatever the case. But even so, we're going to look into what you have presented. And we see that not all white people are racist. Not all Asians are racist. Not all whatever the case is. Ethnicities. And we have to go into these things bit by bit by bit. And I'm going to look into what you said. I'm not saying, uh, Mr. Gordon, I'm not saying that you have not done that uh, or your organization has not done that. But what I'm saying to you now, without having looking at it, I would say to you, I don't think that you've done it. And in, in, uh, I don't think you guys have done your due diligence. Otherwise, given the fact that the Virginia Assembly has moved forward and is by and large being pushed by a black community, that your due diligence has been done, you know, in, in, a, in a manner that would have squashed all that. And I'm going to ask Mr. Davis, because he's, he's up in the General Assembly. Do these topics come up? Do these conversations come up up there in the General Assembly, in, in, in your meetings, your closed doors, or whatever you do, as far as, as you know, the things that we touch as far as, like, the fatherless homes being one of the reasons, you know, a lot of this stuff may be happening to kids in school. And I'll ask Vicky the same question in the school board meetings. Go ahead, Mr. Davis. Yeah. yeah, so, Jerome, I love the question. I, I see David smiling and Vicky smiling a little bit over there. You know, there, there no, there's no discussion. Um, so not only this last year when all this came through, I mean, every bill, almost every bill had the term equity in there. It was amazing how they managed to put it in so many bills. And not only were we not in session on, you know, this year, we were online, but the number of the amount of discussion was severely limited. The questions that the delegates who put forth these pieces of legislation would be or would only take a couple of questions. Um, it was, the discussion was shut down in many cases. Those that want to testify, people, I don't know if Madison was in there, but people like Madison who are 
very knowledgeable, especially in our schools. Uh, we're not able to get into the waiting room or put in the queue to speak. So to answer your question, no. Everything we're talking about here was not a topic. The Democrats knew what they wanted to pass. They knew they couldn't win the conversation. All they had to do was shut down the conversation and take the vote, and that's what they did. So you know what that tells me, Jerome? That tells me that it's not about politics. It's not about policy. It has nothing to do with anything about um, it, it's all about how people feel. Right. It's about you know, feelings, it's about emotions. So, <laughs> so, so what's happening, it goes back to the age old antage, which is who is the messenger that you're sending out in order to get the message across to the people? You know, and that goes to what Winston was saying. I watched one of her uh, one of her uh, commercials when she said that she was one of the people who would be able to connect with certain people, you know, different ethnicities, you know, and, 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 and the issue is that we as Republicans want to look at ourselves as people who are so devoid. We, we don't want to see color at all. We just want to see Constitution. <laughs> Everybody is equal, blah, blah, blah. And, that, and that's true about us. That is true about Republicans for the most part. But the issue is that when we're dealing with people, people are going to be people. And so you have to be able to send out the right messenger in order to convey the message to the people. And that's what Winston was talking about. That's what I was talking about. That's what you were talking about, Jerome. That, I mean, and that's what David, uh, I mean, Mr. Davis is, is just talking. People, you know, they, they get this, I guess in scripture, they call it a reprobate mind or just a, a bland mind where they just want to, they don't want to, you know, they won't hear any truth about anything that you would have to say, no matter if it's true or not. And we don't want to get to that point as Americans. And that's the reason why I pushed back with, uh, uh, against Winsome when she was talking about China. China doesn't have to deal with what we have to deal with, with so many different ethnic uh, differenti uh, different with the differentiation. They, they, they just don't. It doesn't matter how you push it out, you know, you Ottoman, whatever, they're still Asian. You know, they don't have to. I'm gonna yeah. let AL jump in real quick. Go ahead, AL, because we're gonna wrap it up here. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna be respectful of everybody's time, so. Sure, but, I'm sorry, uh, I go think ahead. that concept that of being colorblind, I'm sorry, it's just plain stupid. Everyone sees color. Right. Is, do we have, does it evoke any reaction within us when we see a color? So right. do I look at a black man and I was like, oh my God, he's going to attack me? No. And most people do not. And there's a reason why when I meet a new person, within the first five minutes of conversation, I say I'm Jewish because I want to see their body language, their reaction to that. So nobody's colorblind and it's a stupid idea and it's not achievable. But what we need to work towards, and I think we've come a long way towards, is that seeing a different color, a different ethnicity, does no, no longer evokes something in us. And, and what I would say to, to help her out is most people, when they think about us Jews, is they, they automatically think that we are Democrats. Oh, you yeah. Know, they, they think that we're liberal or whatever oh, the yeah. case is. And so, you know, they won't see that I'm black and she's white, obviously. You know, so... They won't look at that part of it. They'll just see, okay, so they're Jew, and so they're liberal, yep. and that's not the case. You know, it's just like a box of chocolate, just like Horace Gump said. 
you know, there's a, a wide variety. Yep. Right. And okay. So, so I'm gonna, um, and 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 and, and Doctor Paris, her title. I'm just give you her title, if you all don't know her. Uh, she's the the director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Three of those linguistic programming words is her title. Um, and, and that's what you do. So I'm gonna give everybody a chance to wrap it up. We're gonna close this. I want to thank everybody that came on. Um, and uh, and I, I know this is a conversation that can go on probably for a couple of hours, couple of days, you know. But I want to thank you all for coming on, sharing your your opinion. And I'm gonna give each one of you um, a, a wrap up close. What you got to say? Where do we go from here? How do we continue to fight this? And how do we make sure this doesn't take place in Virginia Beach Public Schools? And I'll start with you, Vicky. Go ahead. Well, it's already taking a place in Virginia Beach Public Schools. So it's a matter of how do we stop it from continuing? And you asked, you know, how is this going to divide? How is this going to divide our kids? You asked that earlier. Well, it already is. I received an email from a parent about a month ago. And it was an elementary school parent, I believe their child was in kindergarten. And they had just been given a presentation during Black History Month. And her little girl came home and said, Mommy, I have white skin, but I'm not mean. And that's what that child took away from that lesson. And that just broke my heart. We cannot be teaching children this. It is going to be, it is, it is divisive. It's already dividing them. Um, so we have to fight back. And I agree with Madison that we can't just say CRT. We have to deal with the issues because if you say CRT, Republicans are going to say we're against it. Democrats are going to say we support it. So we need to get down to those bottom lines. Do you believe that people should be judged by the color of their skin? Do you believe we should be teaching people that they are the oppressors or the oppressed? We need to start talking about those specifics rather than um, just CRT itself, that word. And Jerome, like you said, it is being veiled in other other different terms like equity and culturally responsive practices. And and I agree, I also agree with what was said here. It's It's hard for me with this skin color to speak to someone with else with another skin color and say, this is how I feel and you should feel the same way I do. So we, we do need more conservatives of a variety of backgrounds. When Jerome came and spoke at our school board meeting, he was very powerful. He got up there and said, you know, my sons are black, but my son was valedictorian. He was never held back. He didn't experience racism. So we need more people like that to step up and partner with us um, to really tell the truth and and to really show love. This is about love. We This is about creating unity and love with our children and in our district and in our country. And that's what we really have to put at the forefront of this. Um, I'll just wrap it up with one of my colleagues sent an email to a constituent that said, the purpose of the training is to teach teachers about their innate racism. And I completely deny that. God created us in his image, as was said in, I believe, Genesis 127. And I will not bow down to the fact that I am innately racist. And we cannot be teaching that to our children and to our teachers. And it must stop. It must stop. Winsome. I, I would just uh, say that we can't deny that, you know, systemic racism hasn't existed because, you know, we've had redlining in our communities and certainly we've had substandard education. And in fact, when I was appointed to the Virginia State Board of Education, um, 
that would have been unheard of just what 40 years or so before because you know the schools were were, were substandard when it came to black uh, kids getting an education so we're not saying that you know that doesn't exist and then I, what i'm saying is in spite of that in spite of that look at the folks at the border at the southern border trying to get in they're dying to get into America. They, they, they are going in, uh, coming in unoxygenated tent tanks. They, 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 they are sending their kids with coyotes. They don't know what's happening with their kids. But if America is so racist and sexist and, and uh, everything else, misogynistic, why are they trying to come in? Because they know if they could just get a foot on American soil, that their, their lives would just trajectory go like this. So. We, we, we can talk about those things that are happening, that have happened, and how do we get past that to a, become a more better society, you know, this, this perfect union that we want to be. But my take on it is more of an international scale that, you know, we can't just be America over here and, you know, our attendant problems and forgetting. We're part of this world. Our 15-year-olds can't even pass a test that's called, it's a, a program for international student assessment that tests reading, writing, uh, science uh, proficiency in 15 year olds in all the countries. There are 30 countries who are doing better than America. And if we don't figure it out, we're gonna get left behind as a nation while the other countries, I'm talking about Pakistan, North Korea, and uh, yes, China, and everybody else gonna leave us behind. So we just need to figure out how to get along and 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 and, and get it together. Glenn. And Glenn, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean I I think the way this you know, the way we start making a difference is exactly what we're doing here and having the conversation. I think Madison's right, you have to deconstruct this. I mean, I kind of find it ironic and Jerome, you asked the question, you know, is, is CRT racist? You know, when you look at the, the definition of racism with Webster's, is the belief that a race is fundamental, the fundamental determinant of a human trait or capacity. So when you say that everyone solely by their white skin or their Asian brown skin is racist by nature, that is the definition, it seems, of racism. So, you know, I think this is something that we have to continue pushing back against. Uh, but more importantly, it's, I think, you know, getting out, like Vicki said, that it already is in the schools. It already is coming through the legislature and making sure parents understand what's coming on the pike and getting them involved. Because I do think the movement is a lot bigger than what it seems today. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It's all you. Thank you. Um, I think one point is that CRT is Marxism in disguise, and therefore it's un-American. It just replaces class with race. The second thing is that let's stop putting ideas in our kids' heads that are not there, and back to teaching them basics, reading, math, science, history, and then step, like, like um, Downs said, um, step by step, dismantle everything they say, because it is just wrong to put these ideas in our kids' heads and it's un-American. Mr. Gordon. Um, 
Well, I'm an IT guy, so you know, if you give me a uh, a business problem, I'm going to look for a solution. And if the business problem here is historical injustice, um, we have a very good solution available that can be implemented within the context of a free society that doesn't need a totalitarian state to impose it. And it's called social mobility. The more we maximize social mobility, the faster we can wash out imbalances of historical injustices. And then we don't have to spend a moment caring what color or religion or anything else anybody is and acknowledge our universal humanity as people. like that. Absolutely. Vita, last words. <laughs> well, I'll just say I think scientific facts and evidence, proof, reasoning, logic should always be the forefront of any basis of any type of education, training, curriculum, or conversations as well as teaching is being transferred or facilitated because anything um, other than that is um, can corrupt the mind of a child young. And if our youth are corrupted young, then we already can just simply predict what a society will be like uh, you know, 10, 20, and 30 years because we already have, you know, corrupted the future. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll just say this in ending. Um, again, I, I, I don't think we have a racism problem in America. We have a people problem in America. People need to um, stop pretending like Stop pretending like certain things aren't happening in America. You know, our universities have been taken over by Marxists, by I call them communists, by socialists. And now, since they have captured this over the last generation of some of college students, now they're starting with the K through 12. We have to stop that. We cannot have our K through 12 kids' minds corrupted with this Marxism. We have to make them love America again. They're they're being taught not to love America. Okay, and that's one thing that we have to keep preaching to our kids, love America. The schools are not to teach our kids morality. That's for the parents. And mm -hmm. if the, when the schools get out of the morality business and get back into the academic business of teaching our kids, like say the, the math, the science, the STEMs, okay, um, I think we'll be better for it. And that's what we need to need to keep pushing on that. And, and I'll end with that. And then once again, thank you all for, for coming. Um, to this forum tonight. Um, I think it was definitely a good thing. And, uh, and I know, uh, Glenn, you're on the road going to your next stop, I'm sure. And uh, But I, I thank you all. And Madison, you can wrap it up, buddy. No, I, I really enjoyed hearing all the closing statements. I, I think that this whole critical race theory is generic. You know, it's generic insofar as the philosophy is concerned because they want to group everything into one conglomerate and that's never good because you never can go into what the actual issues are and never you know it's just kind of like uh, going to the doctor and getting medicine for the symptoms so uh, I think that's a problem um, insofar as moving forward you know I think that our children are wise enough to know that racism is wrong and no matter what teachers are pushing, and I don't think it's teachers, by the way. And I, I, I mean, I know that for a fact. Uh, you know, listen, when I became a teacher, I started teaching, believe it or not, back in 1999. 
So, uh, and then I went back into the military as a, a reserve officer and a chaplain. So the reserves and the teachings been on and off and, you know, since basically 1999. Um, and I know the teachers are not pushing this. It's not the teachers. And I think that you'll get more, you know, how they say honey attracts more flies or whatever the case is. Uh, yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know it. I don't. So, uh, but you're attacking teachers. I see people attacking teach. It's not the teachers. Teachers are going to do. Teachers, teachers are going to do what they're asked to do, and that's to teach. So if you te if you ask a teacher to teach what is two plus two, they'll teach you that two plus two is four. You know, if you ask a teacher to teach something that is whatever, they'll they'll teach it, but. The issue is when you ask a teacher to teach something that is not true, then that's when you run into problems. And hence, we are running into problems because they're asking teachers to teach something that is not true. So stop attacking teachers. And that is the way it's coming across. Stop attacking the teachers. It no, is a super no, no, listen to me. Listen to me. Yeah, the teachers are a part of the solution, but that's not what we're hearing as teachers. Well, we should say yeah, that so, more often then. The teachers are part of the solution. They hate yeah. this. humiliating. The teachers need to speak up. No, no. But teachers will not. But teachers will not. Most teachers will not speak up because most teachers are wives. You know, there are maybe 1.5% of the teachers that are black males and maybe 2% uh, of teachers that are white males. Mm -hmm. So that's the male population of teachers. Right. So most teachers are wives. So now, I mean, you, you want good homes. You want people to, you want teachers to go home and, and have these uh, nice homes and, and good structure and their children to come up the right way and so on and so forth. But then you want teachers to be out there on the lines fighting for what we ought to be fighting for. And it, it just doesn't work that way because teachers are among the most hardest working people that I've known in all of the professions that I've worked in. And I have worked for the State Department. I have worked uh, for DCPS, which is DC Public Schools, Fairfax Public Schools, Chesapeake, um, the Marine Corps. You know, it doesn't matter. But what, what it sounds like to teachers is that you're putting everything on teachers. Stop. Go back. Analyze what's going on. I know, Jerome. I know no, no, no. You, you're just trying to move on. I get it. Uh, but people need to hear this. Stop putting stuff on teachers. Because I literally, I don't like teachers. I, I, my wife is a teacher. You know, I almost divorced my wife because she was a teacher. <laughs> yeah, because a teacher choked me when I was uh, in middle school. So, you know, it, it, it goes back. But what I'm saying is, it's not about the teachers. It's about the, the people who are putting the policies in place 
that are forcing right. the teachers to do what they're doing. Right. Agree so with you. everything yeah. comes across is like it's the teachers and it's not. So no, go no, ahead. We don't blame the teachers. We don't blame the teachers. Um, but they are. That's the way it's coming across to most teachers. So it doesn't matter if you if you say that you're not blaming the teachers. That's the way it comes across. You I'm blaming I'm blaming Dr. Spence and Lakeish Parrott and all these people that are pushing this stuff. But uh, we're gonna end it right there though. Um, we respect for everybody's time. So we're gonna go an hour a little, we're a little over. So thank you all again. We appreciate it. Hey, we're gonna come back and do it again though. We'll come back and do it again. We'll finish up. Okay. All right. Thank y'all. Y'all have a good night. Bye bye. Thank you.